With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. News Radio 840 WHAS welcomes you to Jim Strader Outdoors, the area's leading authority on hunting and fishing. Jim Strader Outdoors is brought to you by Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty. For the outdoor home of your dreams, call Paul Thomas at 270-524-1980. Gary Roman's Firearm Service Center. Linden Animal Clinic, your pet's best friend. Sportsman's Taxidermy. Visit them at sportsmanstaxidermy.com. A.N. Roth Heating and Cooling, a family-owned business with over 100 years' experience in the Louisville area. Wildlife Habitat Solutions. Check Jim and his team on Facebook at Wildlife Habitat Solutions. And SMI Marine, getting your boat back on the water in no time. To join in on the conversation, call us at 571-8484 inside Louisville. 1-800-444-8484 outside of the metro and pound 840 for Verizon wireless callers. Now sit back and relax and enjoy the next two hours of Jim Strader Outdoors. We came from the West Virginia coal mines and the Rocky Mountains and the Western Stars. I've got a shotgun, a rifle, and a four-wheel drive, and a country boy can survive. We can skin a butt and run a trot line, and a country boy can survive. Country folks can survive. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of Jim Strader Outdoors, and that this is Father's Day. I want to wish a happy Father's Day to all of you individuals out there who father children and took it upon yourself to induct them into society and teach them the proper ways to behave. And in that regard, we're going to do a Father's Day special tonight. Uh, You'll probably recall on Mother's Day, we encouraged you to call in, talk a little bit about your mother, what she meant to you. And we're going to do the same tonight for the fathers out there. And I'd like you to share stories about your father, uh, your sentiments about your father, and it could include stepfathers, mentors, uh, anyone who was special in a fatherly fashion for you throughout your lifetime. Uh, folks really enjoy hearing these stories, and it's a great way to give a tribute to Daryl Dan. So I'm going to give you the numbers right now. They're 571 or 1-800-444-8484. 
So we'll talk about that here after the break. And again, uh, I just would love to hear about how you were raised. Uh, some of you folks were raised in the city, some in the country, some somewhere in between. Some of your fathers hunted, some of them fished, some of them did both. Some of them did neither. But through their stewardship of you as an individual, had an impact on your lives. And I think these are stories we need to hear more of nowadays. So don't be bashful. Just pick up the phone and call. And uh, we'll be glad to talk to you about your dad and what a special influence he had on, on your life. I want to do some wildlife notes here to kick things off as usual. I've uh, been fishing this week. Caught uh, bluegill and lots of catfish. Catfish bite's been real good and I took the opportunity to take uh, a buddy of mine fishing and we caught some real nice cats. And then kind of as a prelude to Father's Day, I took uh, two of our grandkids fishing for the first time. And because the catfish was so bite, was so good, I decided to start them off with catfish, which was a real hoot because the fish were three to four pounds on an average. And they pulled those little children all up and down the bank. So that was a lot of fun, and, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it and was eager to see if the outing would make fishing catch fire with them, if you will. And it certainly did. They can't wait to go again, so I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, that's something I'd encourage each of you to do going forward. Bluegill bite's still good. The spawn activity is really tapered off. The fish are feeding in shallows early late in the day, but have primarily moved out into deeper water areas. Uh, the magic depths are about 8 to 12 feet in most instances. They need to get away from the sunlight and the heat, so they drop down into 8 to 12, 15, probably about as deep as you need to fish most of the time for bluegill. Uh, crappie fishing at night has been good. It's starting to increase, and, and uh, that's something that's going to get better as we move through summer. So we're just at the start of that. Uh, white bass and hybrid activity in the jumps are not real evident yet. They are starting to school a little bit, but there's nothing major to report at this time. However, folks are catching uh, trolling or uh, casting jigs into some of the schools that are uh, hanging around underwater humps or ledges. Bass fishing is good still early and late in the day. Buzzbait bites good early uh, as is top water. The afternoon bites have been a little slower because the water's uh, become so warm. But uh, I am still catching some bass late in the day, but the, it's that early morning first light bite that seems to be the best right now. Um, fawns are up and running. A lot of them, uh, even the late born ones, are mobile now. So if you're doing any mowing, again, watch for them. But in most cases, I think you'll find that they're uh, able to get up and, and motivate around a bit now, which is a real good sign. Lots of reports from folks about predation on fawns by coyotes. And that's not a surprise. Bobcats are in the mix as well. And uh, 
still a lot of road kills on those that are moving around, which is pretty tragic because it probably means fawns are being orphaned when they don't need the bees. So words of the wise on that, be careful early and late in the day and uh, assume if you see one deer, there's more deer. And if you see a mama and she jumps the fence and comes out, look for little fawns to trail along behind her because a lot of them are mobile now and following their mamas around a little bit. So uh, great reproduction by geese and resident waterfowl. I'm seeing baby wood ducks, lots and lots of resident baby geese and some mallards. So that uh, reproductive effort has been real good as well. Baby rabbits are out. I'm not seeing what I would call a huge number of baby rabbits right now, but we've got more reproductive effort in front of us. So we'll report on that a little bit more as, as time moves forward here. That's kind of the roundup on all the wildlife news. I am monitoring the tree damage from the late frost that we had. Um, I'm still not sure what it's going to do to nut bearing trees, but I can tell you a lot of trees, uh, leaves suffered damage. Some of the notable species are sycamore, walnut, uh, some of the other softer wood trees seem to have had some problems. And some of the oaks uh, have had some problems as well, which leads me to be concerned we might have a fairly spotty acorn crop this year. I hope not, but we'll keep on top of it and let you see. Okay, again, happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there. You fathers had fathers. You fathers call in. <laughs> I want to hear from uh, a variety of the age groups because of all the different ways we were raised and things that we saw uh, being brought up in different eras in the country. And, and I think it's interesting to talk about. And I'm sure the listeners would enjoy your stories. Again, the numbers... 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. This break is presented by SMI Marine, 11400 Westport Road, just north of the Gene Snyder. They have got orders in for the new StarCraft Center consoles and deck boats, Falcon Bass boats, and the low aluminum boats. The 2021s will be here shortly, and they're offering... 2020 prices on the new boats and discount prices on current boats still in inventory. So go see them. They'll take great care of you. And remember, you never get sold by my friends at SMI Marine. And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. And again, it's a happy Father's Day to all you fathers, grandfathers, surrogate fathers, stepfathers out there. Uh, today's world, there's a lot of all the above, so we'd love to hear your stories about any of those. And it could also just be a mentor, who, an uncle or someone who took you out. This is an appropriate day to celebrate them as well. And the numbers, again, 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. Let's go to Ballard, who's been on hold. Hey, Ballard, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well, Jim. How are you doing on this fine Father's Day? 
I'm doing great, buddy. It's good to hear your voice. Well, uh, thanks for having me on. I was uh, I heard your intro talking about fathers, and as you're aware, I was blessed to have a father that introduced me into the great outdoors, and uh, I went on a lot of great trips with him, and over the years, and his his health he passed away about a year and a half ago, but as his health started to deteriorate, it, 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 you know, it finally dawned on me that I was not going to be able to make these great trips that had become integral in my life growing up uh, i had heard i heard it on the radio i i believe when i first heard it, it was on the paul harvey show a long time ago the kids spell love t-i-m-e and it, and it is so true and involving kids in the great outdoors it was something my father was uh, very good at it, it, in a lot of respects it kept me out of trouble it made me closer to my family uh, gave me a respect for the natural world, and it was fantastic. But as his, his dad started to uh, get sick, I realized I needed to start making these own memories with my own son. And we went out west, out to Yellowstone, and uh, fishing in Idaho and Wyoming uh, a, a couple of years ago. And then after Dad passed away, we couldn't do it last summer. And then we just got back yesterday morning. Uh, from a trip up to the Boundary Waters. Um, we were going to go to the Quetico, the Canadian side, but we ended up not, uh, because the border closure and this coronavirus, we uh, we had to replan, and we ended up coming up and going on the Boundary Waters side. And we had a, just a, a wonderful, wonderful trip. My, my son, he caught the Grand Slam. He caught a lake trout, a walleye, uh, a, a northern pike, and smallmouth bass. So and he caught a, a six pound smallmouth bass, which is bigger than any. His second smallmouth of his life is bigger than anything I've caught ever. And <laughs> it, it, it was a, it, it was just a fantastic trip. It was three fathers, three sons. Uh, the weather was fantastic. It was it was warm, uh, so the smallmouth were a little bit past the spawn. But uh, you know, we we caught them early and we we hit them pretty hard. So it was a, it was a wonderful trip and it was a, a great Father's Day experience. I had you know you get up there and you lose track of time and you forget about everything coming up. And I I didn't even think about Father's Day and so we we rolled it today and uh, uh, or we rolled in yesterday and I didn't even you know it didn't even dawn on me. But so it was I had the greatest Father's Day present a man could have. Well, obviously hats off to you for passing on the heritage to Woodford. We've had him out. Doing a lot of different things, and he's, uh, he's quite a nice young man. What uh, you and I've had trips up there that were absolutely fantastic with your dad, as a matter of fact. And uh, I'm just curious, what what was the highlight of the trip? Probably that big smallmouth. Uh, to be honest with you, the highlight for me was uh, taking my son out trying to – I wanted him to get the Grand Slam. We we caught quite a few smallmouth. You know, we caught the, the, the smallmouth right off of our campsite. Uh, but I would say uh, – for me, it was it was kind of trolling. He, he you know catch it. He caught the first uh, fish of the trip trolling. He caught a, a thirty one inch uh, northern, and uh, he had never caught one, and so he was he was thrilled about that. And to be honest with you, there was a, a you know a couple. Both of the other dads had never caught one, and they they spent a lot of times trying to catch a northern. Woodford ended up catching uh, you know three or four, and he he was the only one to catch one on the trip. He was the only one to catch. He caught a couple of lake trout. 
And then, you know, and, and uh, you know, so uh, it, it was such a great trip. I don't know if there was really a highlight. You know, him, when he reeled it, I, I was standing on a rock wall, and I had seen, and, uh, and, and that fish came out and hit it. When I saw the size of it, I was sure it was a, a walleye. Uh, and as he got it up, he saw the small mouth, and I, I was I was a, a whisker away from jumping in the water, you know, to, to try to, to lift this thing because I knew there was no way he was going to drag it up on the rocks. And I said, "Hold on to it, hold on to it. I'll find a way down." But I climbed down there, and you know, ended up not falling in the water. But it, it, that, that was a, that, that that small mouth was a great. But we, I mean, there was you know dozens of just great memories that I'll never forget from this trip. But the smallmouth is definitely one of them, and I when I saw it, I was just like I I couldn't believe how big it was. But we, Jim, we we caught I don't know uh, maybe a, a dozen or so. They were four pounds, uh, you know. But it, this one was you know bigger than that, and uh, you know four four and a half pounds. I, I may I might might have caught one that was four and a half pounds, but having catching you, you know just seeing the the pride on the boy's face. When he brings up something like that, it just, uh, you know, it, 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 just good stuff. It's what life's worth living for. I hear you. I, I hope you got pictures you'll share. I, I Well, I, I, you had actually, I, I called in a couple of years, uh, weeks ago asking, you might recall, I asked about what, what you thought I might uh, be throwing at them uh, when we went up there. Um, and uh, you, you gave me your thoughts. Uh, we, we, Really, the bite was real early because the water warmed up. You know, the days got it was up in the 80s, and uh, so the bite kind of shut down. You know, a few hours after sunrise, so you couldn't dawdle in camp drinking coffee and eating oatmeal. You had to get out there on the water. You know, 4:35 o'clock to take advantage of the fish when they were hitting. We didn't quite get up that early, but we were out there a couple mornings by six. And uh, that was, you know, it, it was a great learning experience, and it was a lot of fun. What but I've got, and I'll, I'll put them, I'll post them up on your, uh, I'll post up a couple on your Facebook. Okay. What what were the fish hitting best? Well, we, uh, because we were on the boundary water side, we took in lab baits. We had pretty good luck on white spinner baits. We didn't have much luck on uh, crank baits. Of any nature, we had some shallow top water. We caught a few on some real, you know, just top water, but that was that was strictly relegated to real early in the mornings, late in the evenings. Uh, it, it, you know, it was just so warm, and the fish had already spawned out, so they had moved down. So, you know, we 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 did pretty well on some spinner baits in line and just regular spinner baits in white. Um, uh, we caught we caught a number on uh, leeches uh, using uh, walking sinkers and uh, dropping them down there and letting them uh, uh, you know let let the fish come out and get them and uh, but you know as, as those leeches are prone to do they found a way out of the out of the uh, uh, the leech locker uh, by about three, <laughs> three or four but but we we. Uh, and that's what Woodford called his on was a leech. They, they actually the, they they hit the leeches a lot more readily, uh, at least the bigger ones than the night crawlers. We brought in some night crawlers too, but we, we were using seventy five percent, you know, artificial. And you know, we we tried a lot of different yeah. things. 
And, All right. Well, Ballard, I enjoyed visiting with you. I've got to go to break here, folks. This break is presented by Mossy Old Properties, Park Realty, Paul Thomas is a broker. All kind of outdoor properties, farms for sale. Check them out at M-O-P-H-A-R-T, Realty.com. And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors, and we're doing a special Father's Day edition of the program. Let's call in and talk about your dad, granddad, whatever the case may be. The number is 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. In that regard, let's go to Morris, who's calling from Mead County. Morris, thank you for hanging on. Hello? Yes, sir. Well, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing just fine. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing well. I, I want to call in. Uh, I've seen an armadillo down here in Meade County today. And yeah. I, just, I didn't know there was armadillos in Kentucky. They started to migrate into the state about 15 years ago, 10 oh, years really? ago. They started to get a pretty good hold in western Kentucky. Uh, land between the lakes area, and they're definitely migrating this way. I saw one on the highway uh, on the way to West Kentucky. Uh, I'm trying to remember which county I was in. It wasn't very far uh, west of E-Town, actually, and yeah. um, they are cycling one. in various areas, and they're they're on the move. They're definitely migrating this into one. the state. Yeah, this one was on the bypass road right leading up to the uh, bridge, leading over to Indiana, Corridon Bridge. And okay. Stuff. And I said, I seen it, and I thought, I've turned around, went back, took a picture of it. I, 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 I have a brother in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I sent him a picture that keep your keep your critters home and stuff <laughs> <laughs> and stuff. But now I just. Uh, I just didn't know they were in the state, and I just want to call us know we got them in Mead County. Well, that's that's pretty neat, Morris. Uh, I want to pass a few things along to you about armadillos. One is uh-huh. they make burrows in the ground, which are fairly beneficial to other animals, especially rabbits. Uh, but I don't recommend people handle them because they actually can carry leprosy. They're really? an odd critter in that regard, so I don't recommend people handle them, but they can absolutely avoid it. And if you do, definitely get some strong scrubbing with soap and water as soon as you possibly can. Does all that make sense? Okay, I guess Mars is gone. I just wanted to pass those things along about Mordellas. We always kiddingly call them possums on the half shell. So, well, folks, again, we're wanting to talk to you tonight about your father or your grandfather, anyone that was a father figure to you. Uh, this is that day that set aside in the year to do so, and, and I'm sure a lot of you got great, great stories about them. You know, that call I got from Ballard Rogers here a little bit ago was a, 
trip down memory lane for me because my family and Bally's family have a lot of history together. My dad was real good friends with Bally's grandfather. They hunted uh, doves and ducks together a lot. And then Bowler's father and I uh, did a whole lot of hunting through the years and fishing with Coach Crum. We were kind of a trio there that did a lot of dove shooting and, and duck hunting together and had some great memories. And then as Ballard matured as a youngster, he got thrown into the mix, and we've stayed hard and fast friends through that. And I was really sad to see John, his father, pass. He was quite a guy and did a great job on inculcating Ballard and his brother with the outdoors. And he had a real even hand about that and gave him a lot of leeway. So we've got a caller here on the line. Uh, I didn't catch the name. Is it Lynn? Hello, is it? Yes, Holden yes, County. Yes, great sir. Show, Jim. Really appreciate you highlighting the fathers on Father's Day. I'll be very brief. I grew up in the early to mid '60s, and my father was a quail hunter back in the '60s. There was still a lot of quail. We lived in Alabama, and we always had bird dogs. I grew up with bird dogs all my life. Uh, we used uh, setters. English setters, uh, type of English spaniel. They're beautiful bird dogs, and they always worked well. My dad had one that if he locked down on a point, there was a quail there. There was no lie, no mystery about it. And my dad uh, was a crack shot. He had a Browning Sweet 16, which I've got one like his, but my brother's going to get his. But if he shot eight times, he brought home eight quail. He did not miss. And big thing about my father taking us, me and my brother, quail hunting, we early on learned about gun safety, about not crossing a fence with a loaded gun, where to point the gun, how to hold the gun, where to stand if uh, there's going to be a covey rise, watching this bird dog do his thing, uh, memories that I'll never forget. And then in the later 70s, of course, we had, uh, farming practices change, not only in Alabama, but all across the South. And of course, then we had a hard winter there. But I'm hearing quail holler again out in the woods. But that's one of the memories I just wanted to share of my dad teaching my brother and me about gun safety and just enjoying the outdoors. So I'm going to hang up and, and let you carry on. Thanks for taking my call. Lynn, do you have a second before you leave? Okay. Uh, he had to go, apparently, but I wanted to ask him how that quail hunting carried forward, whether he transitioned to other game or uh, whether he still hunts or not. But the important thing is he obviously learned all the good habits that you need in the outdoors from his father, and that's the most important thing. Um, hunting and fishing teaches so many things to youngsters, patience and safety, awareness of what's around you, those kind of things. So those are all things that are important and spill over into life. All right, folks. I'm going to go to a break here real quick. Again, we're doing Father's Day talk tonight, talking about your father, grandfather, whatever father figure you'd like to discuss with us. We'd love for to share. 571-8484. 
or 1-800-444-8484. This break is presented by SMI Marine, StarCraft Center console boats and deck boats, Falcon boats, low aluminum boats, and they got the new 2021s on their way, and they're offering 2020 prices on the new boats. So get in touch with them. They'll take great care of you. Remember, you never get soaked by my friends at SMI Marine. And happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there. And we'd love to hear stories about your father. Or maybe even experiences that you have as a father that you've shared with your sons or daughters that you'd like to talk about. This is the night because this is Father's Day. And uh, the numbers to get in touch with us is 571-8484-1-800-444-8484. So we would be glad to hear from you tonight and share the stories. A lot of them probably campfire stories. Others are field stories. Others are on-the-water stories, whatever the case may be. I really enjoy hearing you all share those with the audience. and These are uh, shows that I get a lot of comments on, quite frankly, in my travels when I ask people, you know, what they like about the show, what shows perhaps touch their heart. The, the Mother's Day and Father's Day shows are some that really stick out for them. So I, I really love to hear from you tonight. I know... My father taught me a lot of things. Some of them revolved around his service in the country in World War II. Uh, he was on LST landing craft to put the troops on the beaches, and he fought in the Pacific. And one of the things that he was constantly mindful of was weather. He went through several typhoons. And those aren't the biggest boats in the ocean by any means. And he said, brother, you talk about praying to the Lord. You were really calling on him when you were out in the midst of those storms, those giant waves and all that tumultuous wind. It's just crazy, crazy stuff to go through. And it made me very mindful of weather and keep an eye on it. He was always... uh, very tuned in to lightning storms or anything like that. and was a constant weather watcher, and that's kind of rubbed off on me. So I'm very grateful for that because it's helped me understand weather and how it affects animals and fish. He was a great student of that as well. Pass that on to me. Let's go to Robert. Hey, Robert, welcome aboard tonight. Hello. <laughs> you hear me? Yes, sir. Coming in loud and clear. Okay. Well, uh, my dad's name was Frank, and uh, he was a farmer in Seymour, Indiana. He went to the Army, became a sergeant. He came back and became a policeman in North Vernon, Indiana. Uh, him and my mom divorced when I was four, so I was kind of a little mama's boy, you know, by the time I was 8 or 10 or 11 or whatever. But he came by one time. One time he took me fishing, and one time he took me hunting. That was the first and last time for his one. When he took me fishing, we caught 17 fish. 15 little bluegills and two two-pound bass, took it home to my mom, and she refused to cook and clean them. So 
that was kind of a disaster. <laughs> he wound up throwing him back in the pond. But the what the funniest was the one time he took me hunting, uh, he was going squirrel hunting. I assume he, he might have had like a twenty two long rifle rifle or something. And he told me to stay by this tree and be quiet. Well, I'd never been out in the deep woods that time, and I heard something that I don't know if it was an elk, caribou, a moose, or a Bigfoot, but it, it was high pitched and loud and scared the you-know-what out of me. So I jumped up and started towards the where I seen him go last, and he had two squirrels on a limb lined up perfect to take out with one shot. I'm sure he would have done it. But about the time I, I got uh, close enough, I stepped on a big old loud snappy stick that was about half as loud as a twenty-two, and they both the squirrels went, one went east and one went west, and he missed that shot, and that was all she wrote. And I never will forget that. But one question I'd like to ask, maybe if, if Gary Rowan was there, he might know. Uh, he had this bolt-action pistol. I never will forget it, and I've never heard of anyone that even knows what it was. And he was going to promise it to me when I got a certain age. And years go by, we, he visited, you know, once a month for a while, and then it got here and farther in between. So one day I remembered that, and I said, well, what about that pistol? He said he was going to give it to me. He goes, oh, I sold that a long time ago. Do you know of any hunting uh, pistol, rifle combinations, a bolt-action pistol, what it would be? The only one that I'm familiar with, Robert, it, it was made by Remington. It was called the Remington Fireball. It had a uh, plastic stock and uh, was a very durable firearm. They were pretty common back in the day, and I, I haven't seen one in forever. Uh, it's the only one that I'm aware of. There probably were others that, that were both action, but it's the only one that comes to my mind. I'll certainly uh, reach out this to Gary Roman and see perhaps yeah. if he knew of any others. Well, this was probably 1960, 61, 62 at the latest, and I had no idea what the caliber was of it, and I've just been curious about it since then. I, I bought quite a few handguns since then, but uh, uh, I just never have seen one like that. And all the stores have gone to. All right. Well, thanks a bunch. It was fun talking. <laughs> oh, anyway. okay, Robert. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I, I uh, wish you got me those fish you caught. That's a shame you didn't. But sometimes that's the way things work out. Certainly, I know I was very fortunate in that my. Dad not only loved the fish, he loved to cook and eat fish, and I grew up on them. And uh, f funny kind of a side story here because it's well worth mentioning because it comes up in conversation a lot with folks nowadays. Back in those days, we did not fillet fish. Uh, almost everyone I knew, and I had a wide circle of my dad's friends and my friends and uncles and what have you that fish almost without exception we would just scale them gut them cut the heads off and fry them uh, with the skin on and then we would if they were larger fish we would cut two slits down the side of the dorsal fin uh, in the meteor part of the uh, fish to, to enable the grease to get in there and make sure that part of it uh, fried up like the rest, in other words, where it was all done. And I remember eating their tails and their fins. <laughs> we used to call their tails potato chips. And uh, that's something that's kind of a little bit lost nowadays. Folks don't tend to eat fish that way. But uh, one of my mentors 
a gentleman named Jake Dowdy uh, used to fish with me a whole lot prior to his departure from this world. And uh, he used to always tease me for filleting fish. He said, boss, man, all the flavors in that skin, I can't believe you're getting the skin off there. And I said, yeah, but I don't have to fight the bones. We'd eat them both ways. You get a kick out of teasing each other about that with this just added a whole lot of merriment to the conversation around the dinner table for sure. But uh, I'm sure those of you who grew up in the 50s, 60s, and that era probably can remember what I'm telling you. I was probably in my 20s before I really started playing fish on a regular basis. It's just not the way I learned. And we tend to do things the way our daddy taught us, certainly. And it was, it was a bit of a struggle to get me to move off of that methodology, but today I filleted the vast majority of my fish, and that comes in real good stead now with a lot of the bigger fish that we have available to fish for now, stripers. Uh, they weren't around back in that era unless you went to saltwater. And uh, hybrids weren't around. Of course, catfish were, but... We always trimmed the red meat off catfish regardless of how we cleaned them. If we skinned them, we trimmed the red meat off. We did it that way. We tended to, if they weren't too large, to cook them whole as well. But we would trim the red meat off the sides, which is something you need to do to get that fishy taste out. But uh, I've cooked all kinds of fish that way through the years. But with a lot of fish, I much prefer the fillets. So you don't have to fight the bones. So again, we're doing open lines tonight. I want to talk to you about your dad, any experiences that you had in the outdoors with your father, your grandfather, or a father figure, whatever the case may be. Uh, these are great stories to share, and we enjoy hearing them very, very much here on the program. And again, it's one of the favorites that my listeners mentioned to me when I asked them about Jim Strader Outdoors. So give us a call 571-8484-1-800-444-8484. Breaks presented by Mossy Oak Properties Park Realty, M-O-P-H-A-R-T, Realty.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.